We're starting off our new series, The Heart of God. And that's what we want to learn throughout this series is, is what is God's heart? Because did you know that God's one desire, one of His greatest desires is that none shall perish? That He sent His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's why God sent His Son. So that we could be with God forever, for all of eternity. And that's His heart. And we want to learn His heart. This morning, we want to learn how we can partner with God. Because He's given us a heart, a soul, a mind, and a strength to be used for Him. And when we use this life that He's given to us for Him, and we partner with Him, the end result is success. In the world, we can use all the gifts that God gave to us for the world, but we'll be successful in the ways of the world, which end when our life on earth ends. But when we're successful with God, we're successful for all of eternity. See, that's how great God is when we partner with Him. He wants us to be a part of what He's doing. When my son Jordan was about seven years old, we had to move my car out of the garage uh, to charge the battery or something like that. And, and so he wanted to help me. And he said, Dad, I want to help you. And I said, okay, sure. And he says, but, but let me try first by myself. And I said, oh, okay, up to you. And so he got in front of the car. He said, go in the car, Dad, so you can steer it. And I said, okay. So he got in front of the car. And he's, he's pushing it back because we had to reverse out. So he's pushing the car with all his might. He's pushing. And he was looking at me. Dad, I cannot. And I said, I know. It, it um, why don't, and and I, I said this, why don't you try it one more time? He said, but I can't. I said, just try. And so he got in front of the car and he, he pushed. And I opened the door slowly. And then I put my leg out. Then I started to push. And the moment I started pushing, he went, ah, oh, 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 oh. And he pushed the car and he was like, ah, ah. And you know, at seven years old, there's bones and a little muscle there. And, but he was so overjoyed, he was excited that he got to push the car by himself. Now, I knew that I did that. You can talk to him today. He'll say, no, I did it. Dad didn't help me, whatever. But I know that that feeling when you partner up with your parent or someone and you accomplish something great. When we partner up with God, there's no greater joy. And it's not us anyway who has the strength to do what God has called us to do or when we partner with God. We don't have the strength to, to come up on stage and do the things that the worship team does because although they'll sing, there's so much more that goes on in our lives than just the singing. There's so many things that we go through as human beings that God will give us strength for. There's people who will serve out in the parking lot or, or you may be serving in the kitchen and, uh, or maybe one of your family members serve and you support them. There's so much more to the life that God gave to us when we partner up with Him. It draws us near to Him. It builds a, a community with, with other believers and it helps us with our walk with Him. When God gave the Israelites their own nation, they became their own people so that they could represent Him. He said, I'm going to give you a set 
of commandments in which you are to live by. So that as you follow this, you'll, you'll, you'll be governed by me. And so God gives them the Ten Commandments. But when He gives them the Ten Commandments, they stray from the commandments that He had given to them. And then after a while, Moses reiterates in the book of Deuteronomy what God gave to them as far as the Ten, the ten Commandments. And then Moses wants to address the people once again. And, and he's trying to give them a foundation, almost like the, the basic principles of what it means to follow God. And those basic fundamentals on a believer's life when we follow the ways of God. And I'll read in the book of Deuteronomy, I'll read in chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. And this is not in your notes, but the scripture that we want to really focus on is. But I'll read, and, and Moses says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments which I commanded you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. So He's saying this is, this is not just for you, it's for your children and your children's children. So throughout the generations, therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. So God is speaking to His people, the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel were to be the representative of God through the whole world. So God didn't choose the Israelites exclusively and apart from everyone else. He chose them so that they could be in effect in the whole entire world, or impact, or be an influence in the whole entire world. And so now God gives them the Ten Commandments. And He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And then we're going to read the Scripture together. If you have your bulletin, it's in your bulletin. There's a place for notes, and you can follow along. But in Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, let's read this together. Ready? Go. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Yeah, God gave us this ability to love Him with. And then He continues on. He says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, God is saying, this is your life. This is how you are to live. See, we can all partner up with God by getting back to the basics of our relationship with Him. Otherwise, after a while, if we don't stick to the basics, we'll stray And then as years go by, next thing you know, we've forgotten about God. We've forgotten the basic things of what it means to partner with Him. Many of us have come to God because of a struggle we went through or or some kind of a painful situation or a setback of some sort. And we sought God out and we found Him and then He helped us. Then the moment He helps us, we leave Him on the wayside. God is saying, don't forget the, the basic things that I've taught you. Because we can tend to drift from time to time. He says, don't forget those things. And so what we want to do is is get back to the basics. 
how we can be people who partner, what with, partner up with God. Because there's many things we can do that, that partner us up with God. There's many things we can do. But we're going to look at three areas that will help us to partner up with God in learning the heart of God. See, when we first come to know the Lord and we start to read the Bible, we're so passionate about it. Even though we may not understand it all, because we're passionate about the Lord and we love Him, we'll get into the Word. But then as time goes on, then, if we're not careful, we miss out on the basic things and then we don't have time. Work gets in the way. Problems come up. We make our own decisions on, in our life. Then we've got to deal with consequences. God says, don't forget the basic fundamentals. And, and one of the key things is that he says to, to seek after me. To diligently seek after me. Something that will help us to partner with God. And you can write in your first point, and this will help so much. It will help tremendously. Is to seek, diligently seek God. Diligently, constantly, be persistent, steadfast. Persevere through the most difficult times. Continuously seek after God. And you may feel like, oh, God's so far from me. I'm trying to find Him, but I can't find Him. And you're, you're seeking after Him, but you can't find Him. And you feel like you're distant from God or you're far from God. And you're wondering, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to seek after God. But did you know we seek after many things? We seek after love. We seek after friends. We seek after uh, the next sale so we can get the best deal. We seek after uh, a better job. Not me, because I love what I do. We seek after uh, a better car, better home. Uh, some of us, and, and I'm not poking fun at this, but this really comes up. We actually seek after better relationships because ours aren't going well with our spouse. We seek after another family. We seek after things that really are locked in our hearts that almost can be selfish motives. And we seek after these things, but God says, hang on, hang on. Instead of expending all your time and energy seeking after things that are temporary... Why don't you seek first my kingdom and then my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But listen, when God add these, adds these things unto us, it's in His way, in His timing, in His plan. And He does it way better than us. We'll seek after many things, but God says the most important thing you should seek after is me. Did you know as a Christian that God, that God holds us responsible to seek after Him? And even as a Christian, that God expects us to seek Him and, and partner up with Him in glorifying His name. As a Christian, believe that. When it comes to God's glory, He wants us to partner up with Him. And although the heavens declare His majesty, and although the stars shine and we'll look up at the stars, especially here in Hawaii, it's so, you know, uh, so vivid at night, we can see it clear. Although we'll say, wow, that, God, you are amazing. We'll see sunsets. We'll see our, our, our mountains. And, and we'll, we'll thank God for that. Although nature glorifies God, His greatest glory is when a sinner like me receives Him as my God and changes my life to now be a light unto a darkened world. When people see a life that is changed, they're in awe of God because they knew us before. Like if you haven't seen people in a while 
and they, they notice a change in us because we come to know Christ, they're like, what happened to you? Oh, I found God. Well, there must be a God because if He can change you, then He's real. That's what they say. And I thought, you know what, God, that's how you're glorified. Yeah, but I'm not perfect. I still sin. Hear my heart, okay? Even better. Not saying sin and then, oh, I'm glorifying God. No. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. So we cannot take His glory. We glorify Him. Even in our mistakes, because what we're trying to do is get better and better at partnering with God and building our relationship with Him. So long as we're going, as the Bible says, from glory to glory. Not gory to gory. And, you know, worse and worse. He wants us to get better and better. And God is glorified in that. But He holds us responsible for that. Psalm 4, verse 2, it says, How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Sometimes we think, well, if I can just be this or do this or, or have this or have that, then at that point, I'll be satisfied in life. If I can just meet the right person, if I can just seek after the things that fill me, then I'll be satisfied. But really, we seek after things that really have no eternal value to them. And nothing wrong with obtaining things and, and seeking after things. It's okay to get the, you know, a better car, better home, or whatever the case. But not in place of first seeking the kingdom of God. You may feel like, well, I'm all alone. I don't, I don't have someone that I can lean on or to trust in. So, so you're seeking after another person. Or you're seeking after something that will satisfy your life's desire, your heart's desire. I tell you this, if you thirst after God and you seek after Him and His righteousness, then you'll become the person that He made you to be and He will satisfy your thirst. Then He will give you the desires of your heart. But by that time, your desires are His desires and everything will be added unto you. He'll do a much better job at finding a better future for us. He does a much better job. But he says, how long? How long will you search after things that are worthless? Seek after me. I thought, if I'm ever going to do anything in this life, I'm going to do something that's worth eternity. I'm not going to just squander my life and waste time on temporary things. I'm going to do something that really counts for all of eternity. Because sometimes we feel like, well, God abandoned me, so I'm going to abandon Him. God doesn't abandon us. Most of the times, we turn our backs on Him. Or we go through a situation, and because of the problem, we think God left us. Maybe God is teaching us something. Maybe He's helping us build our faith, whatever the case may be, but He sees from beginning to end. As the psalmist puts it in 9 verse 10, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. He doesn't. When we're diligently seeking after Him, we may not feel like we're close to God, but we're getting there. We were at, uh, I think it's called Wet and Wild on Oahu. It used to be called Hawaiian Waters. It's that water park. And I was there with my family. And we're going on different rides. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's these different slides and things. Well, Heidi and I tell our son Jordan 
Uh, he was probably about eight or nine at that time. I forget how old he was, but we said, okay, let's go. We're going to go to the, uh, the tubes where we're going to go around and around and kind of relax and go under the waterfalls and things. And so he said, okay. Now we turn and we're walking. By the time we get there, we throw our tubes in the water. We turn around. We don't know where he is. And we're looking around and we're thinking, oh, maybe he went already. And so we jump on and we're going around and we're trying to catch up with him. And so we go all the way around and still nothing. And I said, Heidi, you know what? I'll go back. And then see if I can find him. Well, I go back and still I couldn't find him. Well, some minutes went by and and so now we're looking in the park. And we're walking around. We're looking for him. And after a while, we see him from a distance. And he's walking and he's looking around. He's looking. And we see him. So we start to, you know, pick up speed and walk closer to him. But he finally makes eye contact with us. And he sees us. And the moment he sees us, he just crumbles and he's walking towards us and he's looking at us and <laughs> and the closer he gets to us the more emotional it is and, and so he gets close to us and I said and, and before I even spoke to him he said where were you guys why did you guys leave me he said we didn't leave you we, we told you where we were going we turned around you're gone he said you guys gonna leave me all by myself and everybody around me I don't know where you were I said, we were exactly where we said we were going to be. He said, next time, don't leave me. I said, what happened? We were right by you. He said, I was by you, but I saw somebody with ice cream. And so I just looked real fast, and then you guys are gone. I said, no, we, we went where we were supposed to be. You're supposed to stay by us. But, you know, we, we, we treated him to a wonderful dinner, gave him some ice cream, because he was looking for us. Now, what would happen if you were looking for your child... For some minutes, maybe an hour goes by, you finally find them, and they're having the time of their life. They're like on these slides, and woohoo, mom, dad, yeah, this is fun. And you were looking for them. What would happen? Oh, yeah, all kind things would happen. No dinner, no dessert, nothing. But isn't that true with us? That in this world, God is seeking after us. But we're on all these different rides. We're all over the place. We're doing so many great things in this life. Very rarely do we connect with God or partner with Him or diligently seek after Him. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole entire earth, looking for hearts that are set on Him, that He may strongly support those whose hearts are His. When you're looking for God, you really don't have to look too hard because He's already looking for you. But you diligently seek after Him. You will find Him. Hebrews 11.6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him. See, when we diligently seek after God, there's a reward that goes with it. Oh, we don't know what the reward will be, but that doesn't matter. The reward is that we're connecting with the God of the universe. How He rewards us is up to Him because He knows what's best for us. We don't know what's best for us. He does. He created us. And so we trust in Him. Now we're thinking, well, okay, God sent His Son to to die for me. I understand that. 
But how do I seek after Him? I try. I call upon Him. I, I try to seek after Him. I, I read the Word, but I, I still don't feel like I'm close to God as I want to be. How do I do that? Well, there's, there's a couple things that we do, and uh, you can write this uh, maybe on some side notes, but, but doing our devotions, you know, reading the Word of God. For some of you, it's accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Building your relationship with Him. For some of us, it's, it's being involved in a, a small group or a connecting group or attending church. And sometimes we'll miss church and we'll feel guilty and then we'll miss again the next week and then six months go by and then we feel like the new person so we don't want to come back. Just go to another service. You're new in that service anyway, so it doesn't matter. But everything that he... Oh, now you guys catch. And I thought, there's so many things that we try to do to help all of us seek after God. And that's why on our website we have our, our, the vidcast and podcasting. So that if you do miss a service, you can catch up online. So that you can be right on track with what God is doing in the life of you, the church. But one of the most key things that I found that, ha- that, that has helped myself, Heidi, and many people in the church, is that they found a place to serve. They found a place that they could connect to. They volunteer somewhere. So if you're taking notes, here's another key factor. Is that I would get involved with what God is doing. We have so many different people that that serve right now, that are serving right now as we are sitting here in church. Listening to the Word of God. So that we can hear the Word of God. Many of you, you serve in one service... Then you attend another one. Some of you, you serve during the week in a ministry. There's, there's an area for every single person. God has not given you the gifts you have, the heart you have, the mind that you have, and the physical body that you have to not do a single thing in this world for Him with. He's given it to you to partner with Him. That is the greatest joy you and I will ever encounter is when we're serving God with our whole being. When we serve Him, there's no greater joy. And sometimes you think, but I don't have the time. I don't don't have maybe the support from home. I don't don't know where I could serve. And, and, And I don't know what to do. Or maybe you're thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And I understand that. I understand how you can believe a lie. I understand that you can think you're, you're some bad person because you know what you do. But I tell you, God knows so much more about your life than you do. You only know half of it. He knows the rest. And He says, no, no, no. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. He doesn't wait for us to get good. He says, I'll I'll use you broken. I'll I'll work through you because it's not going to be us. It's going to be Him. If you want to draw closer to Jesus Christ, you know where's the best place to draw close to Him? It's with other servants. Yeah, yeah, but when I serve, I only fight with them. They grumble or we don't get along. Good. It's the greatest news in the world. Yeah, fight with Christians. That's That's good. Because now you know how you are. 
oh, oh, now you, oh, keep quiet. But imagine, imagine God puts us in a family environment like this, that we're going to butt heads with butt heads. And we're going to, with each other. I'm a butthead. I, I, I have tendencies. I have, I, have, I have flaws. I make mistakes. We all are there. We're all sinners, saved by the grace of God. And I thought, Lord, if I'm ever going to have a conflict, I'd rather it be in the family so that you can resolve it and make us better and stronger as a people. The world needs Christians that will give their very best in this world. It's not going to come from our government. It's not going to come from our politicians. If you've been watching this past week with the debate with the debt and things, it's not going to come from there. It'll come from Christians giving their very best to a very excellent God. That's what this world needs. And imagine this, this church that we have. It's not a one-man show. It's not about the pastor speaking. It's really about us as a church being mobilized to, to influence the whole entire world for the glory of God. Not to shove Jesus down people's throat. Not to force them to do what we want. But to help people become who God made them to be. To give people grace and to shine our lights unto the world so that they see our good works and then glorify God in heaven. That's what he made us to be. Church is not the building. Church is who you are. And so when we go out into the world, now we can influence the world for the cause of Christ. Jesus is found among the servants. That's how Luke puts it. Jesus asked this question in Luke 22 verse 27. He says, who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Jesus answers the question. He says, the one who sits at the table, of course. And he says, but not here. And he's talking about his kingdom. For I am among you as one who serves. You want to draw close to Christ? Get involved somewhere. It's like the little girl Jenny. She's walking around church after Sunday school and dragging her mom around. And and she'll go to all the different people serving. And she'll say, excuse me, um, are you Jesus? And say, oh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm handing out the, the uh, bulletins. I'm the bulletin person, passer out lady. <laughs> so you're not Jesus? No. And then she would leave and go out in the parking lot and, and see one of the guys out there. Excuse me, sir. Uh, are you Jesus? Um, no, I'm, I'm uh, parking cars. Uh, no, I'm not. Are you sure? Yep, I'm just parking the cars. And then she would go into the kitchen and go see if somebody's serving food. Excuse me, are you Jesus? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm just serving the food. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. See the plate? I'm serving the people. So after a while, Jenny's mom is kind of irritated. She says, Jenny, why are you dragging me all over? And asking people, are they Jesus? She said, well, mommy, in Sunday school, they said that, that, that Jesus is found among the servants. And mama, if all these people aren't Jesus, what in the world are we doing here? And that's so true. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Church, where we come and we hear the word of God. If we're not Jesus, we're not being Jesus to a world. What in the world are we doing here? I mean, what, what are we doing here? And Jesus said, no, you know, you know what's going to change the world? People who serve me. In the community, 
in wh- where we are today or, or having a service like this, getting involved in a ministry. But how do I find time to serve? Start off small. Start off with something little. And you might be thinking, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. And we'll come against that roadblock and then we'll stop. Go find one of the pastors and say, okay, I want to serve, but I don't know what to do. And then they'll help you. I tell you, the greatest joy in the world is serving God. There's no greater joy. He's given you a gift, a talent to be used for Him. I also, uh, when I wasn't here on staff, I would take vacation. And you're thinking, wait, vacation? No, 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 Vacation is so that I can go play golf or fix house or, you know, do something. But I thought, that changes the very fabric of who I am when I serve God in that way. And it doesn't have to be your whole vacation time. Some, some people, they actually take a vacation so that they can do worship for Sunday mornings for about five hours during our different services. And I thought, Lord, you gave them vacation to be used in a creative way. And they've actually used that to serve you. Now, a whole other sermon is you make sure you balance that out with your family. So that's a whole different thing. But he's given us the ability to serve him. For my life, when I didn't have time to serve the Lord, I had to reprioritize my entire life. I had to cut out non-eternal things. I just looked at everything I did. Watch TV for eight hours. That's non-eternal. I mean, after the TV show is canceled or done or anything, it's, it's gone the wayside. I mean, how much TV shows can I watch? It's just, there's just so much. But then I started to think, Lord, you know, watching TV and doing these things, they aren't bad things. But it's bad for me when it distracts me from being who I'm supposed to be in serving you. And so I had to cut out non-essential things. But I tell you, when you seek first the kingdom of God, then he starts to add everything else. Now, you, now you're prioritized. Your family is in line, in line with the things of God. Then now your time is better. Now you can do the things that God called you to be because your life is now in order with who he's making us to be. He says this in John 15 verses 4 and 5. He says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And I thought, if, if I'm going to get involved with the things of God, then it's going to only help my relationship with Him. And sometimes, yep, we have to do an assessment, cut out some things. And God blesses us when we do that. It took us, I don't know, some time before we could even afford to go to the movies. Because that was, that was something that, that uh, we thought, boy, that's, that's something that's eating away of our finances. And I wanted to be a part of what God was doing in giving or, or uh, you know, tithing. We, we couldn't tithe because we didn't have money. And it was going in all these other areas. And I thought, Lord, you, there's got to be a way. Because you said to give you the first fruits. But there is no fruit left. And when I thought that, it dawned on me. Because I'm not giving him my first. There's first fruit. When we receive pay, but there's no fruit left. 
after everything else. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to partner up with you and abide in you, then with you, I can do all things. With you, I can, I can get financially stable. I can become someone whose life is in order. If we're ever going to do anything in this life, do something of eternal value. Because when we do, we become a blessing to God's very own heart. He helps us. He strengthens us. Get involved with what God is doing. And then the last thing, you can write this in. Be a blessing to God. Just be a blessing to God. You know when someone does something for us, we say thank you. Or, we, or if they've done something, you know, unbelievable, let's just say they saved our life. Boy, it's like we're indebted to them. We're so grateful for them. That's just like God. That we can bless Him by being a part of what He's doing. On October 1st, coming up in about two months, we are, we are having our first, and I've mentioned this before, but uh, we, we had our, we're going to have our first New Hope Regatta. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. So start getting in shape so that you can paddle. But part of this event is so that we can partner up with God in reaching our community. Imagine if we, as the church, stormed Bayfront and, and just built relationships with one another so that people could draw close to God. What we're actually doing is we're just having a... It's, a, it's going to be a family fun day. But we're going to have three different divisions because the, the vision of that day is to honor our kapuna, is to honor our elders, those ha- that have gone before us, that have paved the way so that we have this beautiful state that we live in. Or from wherever you came from, if, you, if you're living here now and you've paved the way for this next generation, we want to honor you that day. And then that's on a Saturday, which is October 1st. But then the, following, the uh, next day, which is our Sunday service, uh, that's a day where we're going to honor our kapuna. But that Saturday, boy, we're just going to have a wonderful time. What we're not doing, though, is we're not having a Christian event. We're not going to go down there and uh, have a, like a worship band or worship team or things like that. We're going to play music that they can relate to. Clean music, not, you know. <laughs> but, but in a way that they can understand God's love. And we're actually partnering up with the canoe clubs and partnering up with our, uh, our county and state so that we can have this, this family fun day. And so there's going to be three different divisions. One is our keiki division. So our kids are going to be able to paddle. And we're going to provide steers, uh, steersmen and steerswomen that uh, they're going to be in the canoe. And then our kids can paddle. And it'll be fun. They'll win some fun prizes. And then we'll have another division, uh, a ohana division that you're... Did I say Ohana? Oh, that was the keiki. Then the Ohana division is our family will paddle. Now, Ohana means, I know it's in Hawaii, it's everybody because Hanai kind, but your family. So they'll be calling up your brothers and sisters, all these big, huge kind guys. And I mean, you don't have to be big for paddle good, but we're not there to win the race. I mean, if, if I win, I'm good with that, but that's not why I'm going. 
we're going down there so that we can enjoy the day. And if you happen to win, great. But what we're not going to do is like stack the canoe with, with ringers. And, oh, yeah, this, this is my brother. Uh, this is my sister. And, oh, what was that? Oh, world champions. Oh, okay. You know, we, we, we just want to make sure we're having a fun family time. And the prizes are going to be great. We're going to have like 40-quart coolers to give away with food inside. Like the greatest health foods in the world, Spam, Vienna sausage, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, the whole thing filled. Where your family got to carry the whole thing out. Bag rice. We want a meal to go when we're done. We don't like one trophy. Can I eat the trophy? So we're going to have some prizes like that. And then we're going to just have a fun day all day, Saturday, get sunburned. Uh, but it's going to be a wonderful time. We'll have a um, huge screen that we can watch the video of the entire day. Uh, and then just enjoy time together. We'll have some craft booths and some vendors uh, that will be there. Uh, because we've got to eat, right? So we're going to have some vendors there. Uh, and that's the vision of it. We, we just want to be where people are at. We're not there to preach with our words. We're there to preach with our actions. That we're going to reach our family and friends. Because how long... Have we invited them to church? And they always say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. And for 10 years, they haven't come. I say it's about time we go to them. And I tell you, if God's heart's desire is that, that he reaches people far from him, then why not partner with him? Because that would be our brothers. That would be our sisters. Our kids. Our co-workers. Our families. That will get to hear the heart of God. In a way that they understand. And maybe. Maybe someday. They give their life to Christ. Wouldn't that be the greatest joy to see that happen? I think so. Now, this is where we come in as a church because church is not a one-man show. We are the church. Church is not the building. It's who we are. In our fellowship hall, right after service, we, have a, we call it a wish list. That there's different things that we can contribute to. And you might be thinking, well, I, I don't know what to contribute to. I don't have finances. There's something for everyone. You might be a paddler. You can steer. And, and, and even though you can't steer as good, just jump in and get involved. I'll put you on another team and you can steer their team and, and it'll be great. It'll be fine. You'll find the place. I'm just joking. But everyone has a place to serve. You might be thinking, but I, 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 I shame. I don't, I don't know what to do. I, 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 I want to do something, but... But I don't know what to do. You can even, and, and not downing this because you're doing this for the glory of God. You can even pick up rubbish for the glory of God right. at, Hawaii, at, at our beach. Because I tell you something, you know who will glorify God? The state and the county. They'll say, whoa, look at the beach. It hasn't been this clean in decades. <laughs> It'll be because you put forth the effort to partner up with God. And so in our fellowship hall and at our information center, you can sign up for these different areas. Just get involved somewhere and then be a part of that wonderful day. Be a blessing to God. 
The Bible says in Psalm 96, 12, Now I stand on solid ground, and I will publicly praise the Lord. My foot, and this is the New King James Version, my foot stands in an even place. In the congregations, I will bless the Lord. Imagine, as a congregation, that we can bless the Lord by partnering up with Him. As Pastor Marshall was praying earlier over the tithes and offerings, boy, I remember that, that first time where we were learning how to tithe, because we didn't know how to. You know, we didn't know how to give to God. Uh, when the offering bucket would come by, we're you know, trying to write the check. Hang on, hang on. New Hope Christian Fellowship. How long the name. Long, and, and the offering bucket goes by and we're like, oh, maybe he never need my money. Okay, Paul, no need. And then that would be it. And, we, and, and then just, we just weren't tithing. And then we had to learn how to tithe. One of the things we've done, and, and I'll give you some tips on on how we can partner up with God in the area of giving. Now, I as a pastor, although uncomfortable in speaking in an area like this when it comes to giving, my heart's desire is not that you give. Period. My heart's desire is that you understand when you give, you're blessed by God. There's a major difference. Because I understand the principles of God. I don't want to lose the basic fundamentals of God. And his statutes and his kingdom. And so I understand when I give to God, I understand his blessings. But when I give to God, there's, there's, there's some things that help me. And one of the things was I, I, I wrote out first to God in our check when we received our paycheck. Actually, Heidi does that because she's more diligent and can, you know, write nicer. Uh, if, when I was doing that, I, I couldn't subtract well and understand the handwriting, so she took that over. But once we receive our income, that's the first thing that we write out. Not only do we tithe, but we also give towards our building fund. And we give a portion of that toward our building fund because we constantly are improving and um, reaching out to people. So our building always needs upgrading and, and like the courtyard, we're extending that and, and so many different things. But we, we provide what God has provided for us and partner up with Him to provide a place for people to find Christ. And it was a hard thing to do, but once we learned that we do that first, then we could tithe. I know how it feels where you're at the end of the month and you're wondering, I can't tithe because nothing's here. Here's what we've learned. When I give to God first... I may not get what I want. But boy, I truly understand what I really don't need. I do. Because we want things. And nothing wrong with getting things. In fact, God will bless that. When we wanted to tithe, we said, let's give God first. And then when we wanted to go out to the movies, cannot. Why? Because it costs $100 for you and your family to go to the movies. Because we don't sneak in snacks, right, as Christians. We buy them there. I mean, right? So you got to buy them there, and it's expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, when you're in the movie theater, you're like, oh, McDonald's. What? Who's that? French fries. And you're trying to hide. You kind of hide McDonald's in the theater. Anyway, so we would, we would just sacrifice those things. But then after a while, it's like God starts to show us what we really don't need. 
And I just watched a movie on TV that I wanted to watch when it first came out, like years ago. And I could enjoy the entire movie. No, you know, no, no nudity, no swearing. It's like clean, you know, their mouth no match. Like, hey, what are you doing here? And you know they said something else, but you don't know what they said. But it's, it's the clean version. Because we're Christians, right? We don't even go to those bad movies anymore, right? Oh, man, we don't. I know we don't. So. But I got to enjoy the TV movie thing in the comforts of my own home. And I thought, Lord, you, you do reward us. You do. It's if I seek first your kingdom. Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And then he continues on, and I'll read in the book of uh, Malachi. Because it continues... And he says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord God. We'll be a blessing to God. See, tithing is not about my finances. It's about a God who understands how we operate best. I used to think, well, can I give my tithe to another organization? They need help. Can I give my tithe to so-and-so? They can't pay their bills. Can I? No, my tithe goes to God. If you want to help someone else in that kind of way, by all means, God will provide for you. But the Bible actually says right before that, and I'll read it. Oh, boy, I've got to find it again because it's uh, in the book of Malachi. It's a small book. But right before he talks about that, and this is what got to me he said for i am the lord i do not change therefore you are not consumed O sons of jacob yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them return to me and i will return to you says the lord of hosts but you say in what way shall we return will a man rob god yet you have robbed me but you say in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings And I thought, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'd rather rob, in the context that we're talking about, okay? Let me finish. I'd rather rob the things I want than my good God. I'd rather rob me of what I really don't need than my God who graciously provides for me. And I tell you, that's a blessing to God. Paul says it like this, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You may have been giving to the Lord for years. What a blessing. What a blessing. Look around. This is the fruit of your labor. People have come to know Christ. If you're on the fence and you're wondering, I don't know, ask God. He'll provide. He'll teach you how. And he'll show you how to give. Because when we're giving to Him, we're partnering with Him. And when I invest my time, my resources, everything I do, when I'm doing that for God, matters for all of eternity. Because it is I who no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen.
And close your Bibles and put away your notes. The other week I received this, uh, it's actually the check stub, but it, it just shows the person's uh, check amount in the amount of $7. And I was thinking, what is this? And it, it, it struck uh, a chord in my heart that it's this one woman's tithe. And I thought, wow, maybe she missed church and she wasn't able to attend church, so she sent it in. Because she's giving the first fruit of what God gives to her. And then I began to read, and what really struck me is that this person is from Kansas City. But the thing that broke my heart, in a good way, it just broke me, was that it came from the Federal Bureau of Prisons. That this woman is in prison. And tithes. She's in a 12 by 12 prison cell. Tithing to a God whom she puts her entire faith in. And I thought... It really challenged me. I said, Lord, who's really imprisoned? When it comes to me partnering with you, this woman or me? And I don't want to be imprisoned any longer. I want to partner with God in everything He created us to be. You pray with me. Heavenly Father, it is a joy to serve you. And we serve you with all our hearts. We give to you the God of the universe in such a way that we know that it goes further than than what we could ever possibly imagine our giving going towards. Whether it's, it's with our volunteering, whether it's with the resources that you give to us, our gifts. But Lord, as we continue to diligently seek after you, Boy, our relationship with you becomes valuable. And we begin to learn your heart. So, Father, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for giving us the ability, the encouragement, the motivation to partner with you in your attempt to reach those that are far from you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.